Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who have never dropped a Matthew Stafford pass. Chris and Case. Hey, I know Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast episode 335. This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your oft times dashing and now better than ever host Chris and with me is my good friend and also mega gorgeous man co-host Jeff Rizzo Riz Riz and how you doing brother? It is good to be with you on a, a Monday we're doing the schedule a little bit different this week we have uh, some things going on in in life outside of Lions football that uh, we're, today work better for both of us so uh, can, so this is great. Can we say it prime proper steaks oh, deliciousness? Man. Now I'm ready. I, so I'm fasting now, so I can shove that tomahawk down my gullet later. <laughs> um, yes. So just so everyone knows, we're getting together. It was this is uh, Colin was the big winner on the uh, St. Jude auction for the steak dinner with the crew. Sam and Riz and I are all meeting with Colin. We're going down prime pop proper. Going to have a grand time. He's he's the second time winner on this. He he, he enjoys he is. this, <laughs> and we enjoyed we enjoyed the first one very much with Colin. Yeah, um, and I found out that Colin and I share a birthday, so that's uh, that's even better. Oh man, September seventeenth well, in the house, baby. I'll, I'll see you at the at the wedding, buddy. Um, <laughs> in, t- in today's show, we got questions about the quarterback. We're going to put a, pose questions to you guys, you guys in the audience, so uh, you can line up on your phones and join us. Uh, Kenny Galladay blows the wide receiver market up. We'll talk about that. Jamal Williams, other comings and goings, NFL contract. We'll make it easy for you. We got a peek at the draft and a whole lot more. We got a great show lined up. Riz, you ready to go, brother? Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Let's get right into it. We'll start off with the uh, the question of the day. Uh, this is for you guys in the chat if you'd like to use it, or also for the folks if you'd like to join us on the phone. This was posted in the subreddit by Shipping Not Included. I just found it. A great question. It, it, and you, you sprung it on me just before the show, and I, it, I hadn't seen it yet. And I was like, oh, more provocative than a, than a Farrah Fawcett poster circa 1977. Oh, man, you can Whoa. hang your coat on those things. Okay. Yeah, uh, you sure can. <laughs> a winter coat at that. Um, let's see. Some fur. <laughs> um, here's, the, here's the question. Would you consider Jared Goff 
a better Lions quarterback than Matthew Stafford if he wins a playoff game here. Okay, I'll get it one more time. Wow. Would you consider Jared Goff a better Lions quarterback than Matthew Stafford if he wins a playoff game here? I thought that question was great. Because you know what I mean? It's, are we judging? Yeah, it, 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 it sort of frames where, you know, what are you judging your successes by? Um, is it short-term success versus long-term sustained success, but the lack of the playoff wins? How much does one playoff win matter to you in the grand scheme of things? Does that mean that that uh, Eric Kramer is the best quarterback in Lions Super Bowl history because you know, he, he did he start? Yeah, he, he did. He did. Um, <laughs> he's, he's also, by the way, the Bears' best starting quarterback in their in their <laughs> Super Bowl era. Um, Jim Jim. So Jim McMahon won a, a Super Bowl for them. Maybe that's maybe that's where you go with this. Yeah. Um, Eric Kramer was statistically superior, but I think most Bears fans would tell you that Jim McMahon was was the man. Yeah, um, I certainly would. Anybody who moons a helicopter gets thumbs up for me. <laughs> um, that's uh, uh, I, I loved Jim McMahon. Uh, I, I and yes, I was a Lions fan back then, so I, I do. Uh, but uh, I lived in Indianapolis at the time when when the Bears hit their big thing, eighty four to eighty six. Um, and the Colts were brand new there, so most people there were still Chicago Bears fans. It's not far away. Uh, so I was exposed to a ton of Bears stuff back then, and I always did like Jim McMahon. Um, never liked Mike Ditka, but I, I liked I liked the fact that McMahon was his own dude and had this. But so he had success, though. He was good for that team. Mm-hmm. Was he a good quarterback? Uh, I mean, he was he was the Andy Dalton of his era, but he had the the style and panache. Um, an attitude that that was the exact right fit for a defensive oriented team with a megalomaniac as a head coach. Can I can and, I just uh, say that that very well could be the situation we have with Jared Goff? Very similar, yes. Different different type of personality, right? So don't, so don't think about that. But the idea that the quarterback and the coaching staff and the rest of the team fit together so well, um, this very well could be the case with Goff that it's a, just a better fit. With the whole group right. of people, so does that does that make him a better quarterback in the Lions pantheon? Um, because I, I think he'd be hard pressed to find anybody, um, even in Goff's own family, who will tell you that Jared Goff is a better NFL quarterback than Matthew Stafford. Right, and and that that's belying the fact that he has in fact taken a team to a Super Bowl. Yep. He has been to two Pro Bowls since the last time Stafford went to one. Yeah. Uh, uh, you you will not find me saying that Jared Goff is a superior quarterback in the NFL to Matthew Stafford at any point in my life. Uh, I, I even if Goff leads the, the Lions to two Super Bowl wins, I don't think he's a better quarterback. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's not a better quarterback for the Lions. So yeah. And I think that's that's where the, the differentiation and the fudging point comes in. Well, let me bring in someone. Uh, what is it? Matthew Turner is uh, playing the role of case today. <laughs> the whole fence rider here, right? And it's okay, Matthew, because you got a good answer, right? It's it's very pragmatic. Uh, it depends on the manner. If the coaching improves the team sufficiently and Goff doesn't carry the team to it, no. But if Goff is fundamental to it, then maybe. And I, I, see, I see what you're saying. You want to see Goff be one of the primary reasons for the success yeah, rather than just yeah. being a cog in a big wheel. Of and I wins. think it would be more specifically um, rising up and playing well in a playoff game. Uh, Matthew Stafford, two of his three playoff games, he did not play all that well. Uh, so Goff, for, for all of his faults, has been money in the playoffs. Now, he wasn't last year, but that you know, they ran into a buzzsaw in Green Bay that yeah. uh, just <laughs> carved that defense apart. Oof. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, maybe if, if he, you know, if he does a game where he's like, you know, 31 for 40 for 410 yards and four touchdowns and a, 
in a Lions 35 to 20 win over the uh, we'll call them the Buccaneers in 2022. Um, uh, and it could happen. Send it Tom Brady happen. into retirement <laughs> on the heels yeah, of the yeah, loss. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. They will end Tom Brady's career. They'll fire him <laughs> off into the pirate ship and launch him into the bay. And uh, all the Sarsaparilla Fest or Gasparilla, whatever the hell it is, they can uh, <laughs> they can fish him out. Gasparilla. Gasparilla. <laughs> oh, man. He might fly over my house. I know the B2 did after the flyover. It was crazy. Everything shook. It was like, what the F? Look, oh, look man. Up, and it's like, I felt like I could reach out and touch it. It was so it was oh, so man. cool. So cool. All right. So quick, quick diversion on that. Um, we used to live when we lived in Houston. We lived right by the airfield where they landed the, the big planes. But also, when the space shuttle came in, they flew on the back of a seven forty, a giant. It was bigger than a seven forty seven, and it landed and it flew over our house and wasn't more than probably fifteen hundred feet up in the air over our house, and it shook everything like car windows were rattling from parked cars it was it was one of the loudest things i've ever experienced in my life it was really really cool yeah uh, my, my kids both remember my, my daughter was only like like three at the time it's <laughs> like made that that much of an impression so anything like that, that that's an amazing amazing experience yeah that i just don't know how that plane flies it's crazy oh, man. yeah it's insane <laughs> all right so we got some good stuff here going on in the chat uh nice break from march madness yeah my uh my brackets are all blown up but oh. I, I have to say I did call Oral Roberts over Ohio State, and we'll talk about Ohio. Bobcats, baby! <laughs> Bobcats play tonight. Yeah. Um, I called Bobcats. Oral Roberts in the Slack. I did straight up said my book it right, and and nobody listened, including me. I didn't put it in my brackets. <laughs> it got broken, but I, I never expected a second win out of them. I, I, I that, that's just insane. So uh, always March Madness is fun. Um, your Ohio boys have played out of their shoes this is really something <laughs> it's great um and, and i actually had a couple of classes with uh, the head coach jeff Bowles back in the day uh, really? so uh, yeah it's exciting um he, he was a good student he was a, he was part of the the gary trent shack of the mac teams of the, the mid 90s that were uh you know my my era yeah yeah, yeah they yeah. were fantastic um they, they, we were really good back then <laughs> so uh yeah i'm looking forward to that tonight so that's gonna be uh that's gonna be on my docket but yeah uh, so I'm, I'm i got this question rattling in my head okay and uh, I can't ju- because uh, I'm, I'm going to try to be consistent here because I do not think that Matthew Stafford deserves the blame for why the Lions have not been successful. I agree. Um, overall, has he been at his best when the team has needed him every time, though? Mm-hmm. Specifically, uh, we'll go back to the New Orleans playoff game. He, he was he was not good that game. Yeah. The Dallas game, um, yes, the officials um, had some issues in that game. Yes, Sam Martin had a very bad day to have his worst day of his career. <laughs> Stafford, Stafford, Stafford left some throws on the field that day, too. Yeah. And if Goff can be more clutch, uh, I don't that's know, man. I, it right there. That's going to yeah. be the differentiator. Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback, no question. But you're right. Absolutely. He, there has been times – there's been games like that were not even you know clutch games where he just didn't kind of show up, right? Right. And, he'll he'll start he'll start out one for five, um, and have two quick three and outs, and the, the team falls behind you know ten to three or whatever, um, going into the halftime, and it, of that, that that happened more than it needed to. And that year with Stafford, it really did. Right? What was it? 2018, 2017, when they had all those comebacks in the fourth quarter led by Stafford. Yeah, they were in that position because the first half he just was not completing passes. He, he just not. Could right. not and and again, him. that's not all on him, but he did he did need to be better. I'll, I'll use the old line that I used to do with Sean Belegian all the time on the radio. Is Matthew Stafford good? Yes. 
Can he be better? Yes. Does he need to be better for the Lions to be better? Yes. And the- um, and to his credit, I do think since the times that I used to talk to Sean all the time, hi Sean, um, he did get better. But there was this the the team around him last year. I, I think we all will agree that the defense was a much bigger problem than the offense, uh, specifically the last couple of years. So and- I'm going to give I'll give Stafford the pass on that, and I think. The fact that he accomplished what he did is kind of remarkable. Sorry, I'm talking over you. My bad. No, I think we were just a little bit delayed. That's okay. Um, I think (laughs) part of the the, the issue, too, is, and and that's why I don't want to make it all around Stafford, the team they surrounded him with, number one, it made him look a lot better because he just was so exceptional compared to the talent around him, right? So he just looked like so much of a better superstar kind of player, and it exacerbated how bad everyone looked because the the, the gap was so huge. But that's the other part of it is they were so bad, the players around him were so bad that they couldn't help him carry the day. It literally was all on Matthew Stafford to make it work. For far too many times, far too long. And nobody is perfect, right? I think with an average team around him, he he could have looked even better than than what than what he was, and he was just never given the weapons or surrounded by a team good enough. Yeah, to, he never had a complete team like like the the was that the twelve team uh, the first playoff team with Jim Schwartz. Yeah, yeah. or was that it's eleven? 11. To 11, eleven or twelve? Yeah, um, that team had a phenomenal defense. They they were good at taking the ball away. They only really had one wide receiver. They uh, relied on I think Brandon Prediger caught ninety balls that yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> So never had the run game. Um, that was that was when the offensive line was in a bit of transition. That was at the end of Bacchus and Riola, who everybody hated, even though they were really good. Uh, and, you know, they that that was when Stafford wasn't ready to be that guy yet. I think when once he got ready to be that guy was, you know, the Caldwell era specifically is the time that I'm looking at. Yeah. And the rest of the team wasn't there with it. There, there were times where they were good, and there, but there were. There just wasn't enough consistency out of Stafford and the team around him to ever achieve that kind of success. Now, you look at, at what Jared Goff has accomplished in Los Angeles. Is he's the reason why they went to the Super Bowl? No, no, he's not. Uh, they have a very, they had a very good supporting cast around him. They had Todd Gurley at running back before his knees completely gave out. They had Aaron Donald, the best defensive player of this century, um, right through J.J. Watt, uh, keying everything. They had a, a smartly assembled defense around Donald, built around it. It was a good team. And he was good enough to lead a good team. I don't and think they if make he's the Super Bowl if, with Andy Donald or, or Andy Dalton though. No, you know no, I mean? they don't. He's he was no. an important cog in a set of important wheels. And, and he played really well uh in the game where they beat no, was that New it was New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, they beat New Orleans uh after New Orleans beat Minnesota with the bad call. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goff played phenomenal in that game and the NFC championship game that year. Yep. Um, and that, that that's better than than Stafford has ever played in a playoff game. Now is that a fun, does that mean that, that Jerry Goff is better than Matthew Stafford? No Small sample size, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're looking at. But if you're if you're judging this, if you're somebody who's like, there's no success without winning in the playoffs, then you're probably going to answer that yes, a one playoff win would get Goff to be better than Stafford. I will disagree with you, but I I understand the context at which you're coming at. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that um, because um, I'll, I'll go back to. Um, <laughs> uh, Cleveland for a second. Uh, that means that that Bernie Kosar um, is better than Brian Sipe, and I'm going to have a problem with that because uh, we'll, we'll go way back. Brian Sipe was was the man when I was a kid. Uh, he was uh, the quarterback for the Browns from '78 through '84 before he left for the USFL. I thought you grew up with Otto Graham. 
No, <laughs> no. Autogram is the best quarterback. Autogram is the greatest winner in NFL history. Yep. Yep. Uh, played for the title all ten years. He played one seven of them. You know, it's funny. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I just I, 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 you talk about reaching deep in the bag for Otto, right? Um, but I was thinking about this this last week. How many people listening to the show right now? Don't know what it's like for the Lions to actually have won a playoff game. Have never experienced it. Yeah, you know there's I mean? probably uh, yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. I, I, I kind of you know it, it explains so much that I hadn't thought because it, it's it's an amazing feeling. I'll tell you, it is an absolutely amazing feeling. Um, but do you, so, do you think that there's a different thirst for those fans because they've never got to drink from the victory cup? Yeah, I think there is, but I also think yeah. there's a little bit of an education opportunity there. Um, and you know we got Wayne on on the line all the time, but I'm, I'm talking with a couple of the other guys that helped engineer that playoff. Want to see if we could get a little bit of a reunion on the show. So this offseason, keep keep your keep your ears perked up, guys. We'll we'll bring back the feel the players and some of the feeling from that '91 uh, playoff win for you, just to kind of get you in the in the in the mindset. Maybe hope to carry you through this real year and get you ready for 22. <laughs> all right, so there it is. That's the question. Would you consider Jared Goff a better Lions quarterback than Matthew Stafford if he wins a playoff game? You can uh, hit us in the chat with your answer or if you want to give us a call it's uh 248-782-8384 248-782-8384 and uh give us a ring and uh we'll put you on and uh we'll talk about it with you all right um we saw in uh, the chat delusional lions fan wants us to trade for kenny galladay <laughs> funny we did trade kenny galladay though though and that's some of the uh the news to talk well, about my guy. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. We didn't trade him, but we didn't. He, didn't trade. He's, he signed in New York. Finally, he got uh, paid. He got Good for him. Paid. Um, we were very uh, not just us, but we talked about it quite a bit last week. He got he got his money, Chris. He sent the market. I'm I'm <laughs> very happy for Kenny Galladay because it didn't look like he was going to get it as early as Saturday morning. Uh, the the Bengals offered him, I, I believe it was 11.5 for one year, and at that point, that was the best offer he had, and that's. That ain't eighteen million a year. That isn't sixteen million a year. That's not the fifteen point eight million that he would have gotten had he been franchise tag, which he laughed at. That's uh, but he got it. He got he got paid and he got to go from what it sounds like where he really wanted to go all the time. He wanted to play in New York. Yeah, didn't much care if it was the Giants or the Jets. <laughs> the Giants. Well, I don't know if the Giants are better than the Jets or not. Uh, but uh, to his to his credit. He he got what he wanted. It didn't look good. The path there was rocky, but but give him and give his agent Todd France some credit. They they got the the prime prime deal for Galladay. Absolutely, and uh, I'm I'm happy for Kenny that he gets paid because yeah. that's uh, that was clearly very important to him. I love seeing dudes get paid. Um, he he busted his ass to make it happen, and I'm I'm proud for him, and I'm happy for him. Yeah, guy blew the market up. No other wide receiver even came close. That's crazy. Curtis Samuel got ten. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, hey, we got we got a caller in the line. Caller, what's your name? And uh, go ahead and bring it. Let's. It's Jalen from the chat. Hey, how you doing, Jalen? Hey, I don't have a lot to say. I just wanted to say that I just want to remind everybody: Goff is only 26, and a lot of the questions we had about Stafford were still not fully like realized when Stafford was 26, you know? So I think we should just give the guy some time, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's, that's a great point. Um, you know, Stafford was not fully baked at 26. I mean, that was, let's see, 26 was the 2013 that, year for him. No, it would have been more. It would have been later for that. He, he was 20 when he was a rookie. 
Okay. So that was 2009. Uh, yeah. So he would have been 2015, 2016, yeah. right around then. Yeah. So you're, you're looking at Stafford 2015, 2016 uh, with, your, with Jared Goff right now. So there's a lot to be written in that book. So no, that's a great point. It's an absolutely great point. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add. I just wanted to drop that in. I'll <laughs> talk good. to you guys in the chat. Right, cool. Thanks, brother. Let's <laughs> we'll see it. <laughs> that was a good one. No, he had it. He had it. That's, uh, that's a yeah, and that that is something that I think you know. There's a lot of discussion about Jared Goff that goes on in Lions social media and Twitter and Reddit and um, various other venues. Uh, in fact, I had a conversation with uh, a bartender yesterday at uh, Slow's Barbecue in Grand Rapids. We we're talking about hi, Jason. Uh, and uh, he's like, so this Goff guy, can he get better? Um, and I'm like, I, you know, I, I kind of hope so. I, th- I think we're going to find out. I think they're giving him the chance to to try and get better. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, it is important to note he's not – he's probably not at his best yet. Uh, most quarterbacks get there 27 to 30, 32, uh, which we just went through with Stafford. Uh, I don't know if Stafford's going to get any better than he is now. We'll see. We'll see how the new system suits him. I'm not sure that it's a great fit with, with Sean McVay, but I also believe – excuse me. Sean McVay's a very smart guy. I think he's going to change things up to play to Stafford's strengths. At least I hope he does. Because I, I, I personally want to see Stafford succeed. That's that's just me. I think I think most Lions fans are that way too. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I got a new phone. I got I had to get it set up for. This is the first time setting up for the. <laughs> <laughs> for the show. Uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, let's let's go. Let's let's talk about some of the comings and goings on the team, if you don't mind. Yeah, so we we covered Galladay. He is gone. He's with the Giants. Um, and just one quick thing on him: I, I there's a I see a lot of people bagging on Daniel Jones. He did not play well when the Lions have played him. I would urge you to reconsider the fact that he's hot garbage. Though he is, he's he's not Stafford, but he is a guy who is going to throw those balls to Galladay when Galladay isn't necessarily open. He, he's not scared of throwing to a covered guy, and I think that's what I think that's one of the things that Galladay needs. I think it's going to help him succeed there uh, better than he would have had he been with a guy like Sam Darnold or uh, a guy like had he gone to Washington if he, he played with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Personally, I still would have loved to see him go to Cincinnati and play with Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. I think he's phenomenal. I root for him, even though you know I, I am from Cleveland. We have a natural predilection to – to hate Cincinnati, uh, I don't really care. Uh, I just, I just like the guy, and plus he's from OU, and he bought he bought a bar in Athens, his hometown, five hundred shots after Ohio won our our opening game uh, yeah. in the tournament, wow. which was I think what a guy. It's, it's <laughs> funny how sports brings people together and how people naturally are tribal and, and and try to separate. It's I have a great story. When I was in France, I was um, talking with a guy. Ooh, France, cool. yeah, I spent a month there for work a couple years ago. Um, so he was, um, my my guy's there and, uh, he's, he's growing up and he's with his grandma at the end of his village and you can see a kilometer or two down the road, the next village. Right. And, uh, she goes, she says to him, you see that, you see those that down there? She's like, he's like, yeah. She's like, those people aren't like us. Right. Right. And they, they, I mean, they've been for for hundreds of years intermarrying between the villages and all that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, it's not like (laughs) they're just like you. Right. But, but there's this, this gap and it's like, when you say how, how Cleveland people hate Cincinnati, I think about that. I think about how we hate green Bay, but then, you know, fast forward today, 
you go and you watch, you know, whatever Olympic sport you want to be, you know, like Miracle in 1980 was great, but any sport that of the day that's really, really exciting and, and while it's going on, you'd be standing there cheering on USA with your Packers and, and Lions jerseys standing next to each other, right? Cheering together yeah, for the same that's team. that's right. They're just like us. They're just like us. Go USA. Right? It's so funny how sports can tear people apart and bring them together at the same time, just depending on where you're at and what the division, how the division's built. <laughs> it really is. You get that with Ohio and Michigan all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, a good, good time for my annual reminder. If you're a Michigan fan, you don't hate Ohio. You hate Ohio state. Learn the difference <laughs> between the two damn schools. You don't confuse Michigan and Michigan state. Don't confuse Ohio and Ohio state. That's how little I think about Ohio State. All right, uh, other goings and goings. Miles Killebrew, probably one of the most gorgeous men on the Lions team. Him and Amendola are definitely neck and neck. We, we have we have gotten not prettier, and Jared Goff's pretty. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, actually, actually, Charles Harris, who we'll talk about, he's kind of a good looking dude too. Uh, but yeah, he's he's not Killebrew. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Killebrew is just amazing. He's gone to Steelers. There, they got him on a one year deal. Um, I'm I'm okay with that. I, I mean, it's a special. <laughs> team's loss but i feel like we can get a guy that can play and he was like here for five years he played one snap in two of the last three seasons total on you've had enough of that just, shit. It, yeah exactly <laughs> thanks coach yeah yeah for sure uh we talked a little bit last week jamal williams to the lions and michael brockers to the lions brockers is official williams had a press conference today and uh god it was great it was absolutely great he um he went talked about Dan Campbell and just absolutely loves him, right? Loves his heart, loves his spirit. He says he's his own his own hype man, right? He doesn't need a hype man because he's his own. And he's like with him and um and Williams and and um oh god, offensive coordinator. Why can't I think of his name? Anthony Lynn. Um, Anthony Lynn. Yeah, yeah. He said they don't even need hype men. We're all our own hype men. He's like, I don't know what we're gonna do with all this hype on the sidelines this year, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's great. I love. He's Jamal one of Williams. the most engaging dudes, and and everybody from Green Bay, even though he signed in Detroit to go back to Trump, they love this guy. Yeah. They're they're rooting for him. They want to see it happen for him, which is really really cool. Yeah. It, it tells you what kind of a guy he is. Yeah, just a fabulous personality. What a dude! Yeah. A great signing. I mean, so much fun. Th- <laughs> that's that's the thing about this this team this year. I don't think we're going to win. I I, don't, I think we'll win maybe one game more. I mean, especially if there's 17 games, we've got a better chance. <laughs> we'll we'll yes. win one more game than we did last year, but it's going to be <laughs> ten times more fun to watch and take part. In the Lions' growth and, and development, would, would Jamal season. Williams have played on a Matt Patricia team? Hell no, no, no way, no, 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 no. <sighs> just Charles Harris also gave a press conference. So just listening to him talk, he's oh, look. This this is the guy. We'll, we'll, we'll skip forward to Charles Harris here for, <laughs> in, the, in the in the section on the outline. Um, if you're following along at home. Harris is a former first-round pick who should never have been a first-round pick. He washed out quickly in Miami. He's a pass rusher with no pass rush moves. He played in Atlanta last year, uh, wound up getting, I think it was three sacks. But he is a bright guy. He's a fun guy. He's a fun-loving guy. He His press conference, this is a guy like like – you can tell that this dude went to class at Missouri. <laughs> like he, he, he gets it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but he, he also isn't somebody who's going to shy away from like questioning things. And I think that the fact that he came across the way he did, he wouldn't have played for Matt Patricia. No, now, he might not play for Dan Campbell either. Cause he's just not that good, but it, it's a one-year deal on a former first round pick. You, you take your chance at it. Sure. Sure. Um, uh, yeah. And he was, he was really hyped about Sheila. 
right? Yes, he was. So he brought up that, that Sheila was there when he signed the contract and talked to him and like un- knew who he was, knew things about him, you know, respected him and, and, you know, exhorted him to go rush the passer. Um, and he's like, yeah, that's that. Yeah. But he, he was really taken aback by how, how hands on she was. And he respected it. He appreciated the fact that she cared about her investment, that she cared about winning, that she cared about the team. And, and but also to, to let her, let him know, you know, that she was invested in him personally. And he's going to go out and, and he said, it. I want to do my best for her because she has invested that in me. And that's what you know, I need to give that back to her. And I think that's something that you wouldn't have gotten from Martha, even though I think most players, if you talk to any of them, said, yeah, we liked Martha a lot. They didn't have that connection with it. I want to um, I, w- I really want to get into something here, Riz. This do it, is this do it. this this goes directly. There there was a lot of crap purveyors, I'll say, out there that were just driving the question of what is Rod in charge? Is is Jill in charge? Where are they making football decisions? It, it was it was the screaming whiny media, the same ones that fuck that, that fell into tears over the firing of Braden Coombs. Um, just just screaming, who's oh. in charge? Oh my god, who's got the last decision? Oh my god, like the, it was it was terrible. It was embarrassing, right? And and we went through the one episode where we talked about um, servant leadership and what it is and all that. It it just shows an absolute gap and an absolute gap in understanding. Number one by the people asking the questions and pounding the table over it. And and number two, an inability to to understand that things outside of their kind of s- small realm of knowledge can happen, right? And what you see here with um, with Sheila being involved, right? When, when, you, when the owner says your job is to go get that quarterback, right? I mean, that's great. She, she, she wasn't in there making the decision. She heard about it, though. It was part of that conversation. That's, that's how... A, a, a group of leaders work in in that kind of a situation so she's aware of it so Sheila's is learning a ton rod wood has learned and is continuing to learn a ton about football their roles are perfectly fine because they're letting the people explain to them why they're making the decisions they are and they're learning they're being taught by brad holmes they're being taught by dan campbell while dan campbell and brad holmes are being taught the business side and the other pieces and the and and um uh, Kinsner, God, I can't remember his name. Kinsner, right? The salary cap guy, Disner. Right? Disner, thank you, Mike um, Disner. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's teaching about salary cap. That's part of what servant leadership is about, right? It's about educating those around you and working with everybody to get smarter and better at what you do. And so this whole kind, of, like, it just goes back. This is exactly what that is. This is Sheila showing what that leadership breeds in the people that are that take part in it and practice it. And it also kind of again goes back and points to how little those folks knew when they were screaming and, and asking about who's in charge they have a they had a narrative and it was obviously an echo chamber of a couple people screaming that narrative at that time it was it just shows absolutely and it's it was frustrating to deal with because uh i i do question if rod would had too much influence especially early on when when bob quinn was a rookie gm he was a rookie team president and, uh, of course, he essentially just left them, hung them out to dry after the hirings happened, which I don't think was the plan. Yeah, he probably did bite off more than he could chew that. But uh, I, I, I have not seen any inclination that Rod Wood is like, go sign me Charles Harris. Yep. You know, th- this, w- this was Brad Holmes and, and Dan Campbell going out and saying, hey, you know, I, 
does this guy work for us? The, the, the pro personnel people, guys like Ray Agnew, they're in the building. Okay, this guy fits what we want to do. He's a former first-round pick. Um, we got another one of those at wide receiver, and Brashad Perriman, yeah. another former first-round pick who did not work at all with his first team, showed a little bit more life later on. Now let's see what we got. And let's see if we can get something out of him, even if it's just for a year as a bridge to something better. And they're playing for players, people who were right. players who can probably get more out of them than anybody else could. Have. And, and Harris has brought that up, and, and Brockers brought that up in his press conference, and, and uh, Goff brought it up in his. I'll also the, add the that fact that there's all the play, all the all these guys have former players, you know, Deuce Staley, Aaron Glenn. These guys were recent players. These are these are players that the current players like. Some of them might have even overlapped at the beginning of their careers, but they certainly remember watching them when they were playing college football and high school. Like, oh, yeah, I, I, I know who that is. You don't have to tell me who, who Aaron Glenn is. So you put, I watched him with the Jets. I watched him with, with the Cowboys. You put those players playing for players along with, as Paul says in the chat, having multiple or people from multiple levels involved. It adds to a more personal connection and probably a better culture. And it's the culture they're looking for. It's an absolute 180 from the Patricia Quinn culture. All right, we got a caller here. Caller, what's your name? And have you had anything to do just yet? It is 5 o'clock somewhere. Caller? I'm waiting on it. I am, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, there you are. How you doing? Yeah, we got you. Yeah, I'm, I had a, a far too many this weekend, so the Monday we're relaxing quite a bit here. But my name's Trip, calling from... Uh, growth point first just want to acknowledge that uh truly the only lions podcast i look forward to every week love what both of you guys are doing really uh the big difference between you and a lot of the other lions people out there is that it just feels like i'm sitting around a a table with you having a six pack of beer or whatnot so i really appreciate the work you guys are doing keep it up um yeah absolutely uh just quick question i i know we like perriman was a great signing and one thing I thought the old regimes, the one thing I'll give, you know, even Mayhew credit for and things like that was, was going out and finding an upside receiver that could turn into like a number two type or, or a one, a one B. Um, would you ever consider like a Demarcus Robinson just for his upside? I know he's got some off the field issues, but, but I think he's got a tremendous amount of upside. I'll just jump in and say, yes, Riz, how, where's your head at? If, if he comes affordable, um, it's certainly worth giving him a try. I, I would like some more permanence than the fact that we're just giving these guys, well, Tyrell's going to be here for a little bit longer, but uh, you know, Brashad's a one-year deal. Uh, he's going to play a lot too, based on the, the contract terms that I saw. He, he's going to be out there. He's going to make the team. Uh, that You can't say that necessarily about Charles Harris. I think Charles Harris and Austin Bryan are fighting for the same roster spot. Uh, yeah, the more the merrier. You've got to get – there are definite holes, though. Robinson is not a slot receiver. Right now, the number one, they, they've got to replace Danny Amendola. And uh, it doesn't seem like there's been any inclination from Amendola or the Lions to bring back for another season. So they got to get a slot. They need a young guy who can be a number one wide receiver, maybe not have to be that right away. But, uh, yeah, that – yeah, at least bring him in and, and see if he clicks. I mean, he, he's he's worked in the past with, with some of the people that we got here. Why, why not see if he can make it happen again? Uh, but it, you can't break the bank for a guy like that. You just, you, yeah. I'm going to tell you, Waddle is the guy. And this is where I think why you're seeing these one-year deals is because it's just me. And we'll talk a little bit more later. Oh, this, me too. This is really likely one of our last super free agency-focused shows where we're pivoting towards the draft. Towards the At the end of this show, we're going to have a big one. Uh, and then we're going to go on with the rest of our shows from here, unless, you know, big news breaks in free agency. But um, your Waddle is the guy in slot. I just And I think we would probably be picking two wide receivers, maybe even three this year, if the rest of the team wasn't so bad. Oh, thanks for the call, man. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if yes, the rest of the team you. wasn't so bad. I think that's why Rashad is here and going to play, right? Because we've got what, six picks this year? And yes. nine holes. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of work to be done. Well next year we'll it, talk about it. We'll talk about it. But next yeah, year. You're, you're, you're gonna have to where... you have to they have to get a starting wide receiver, not necessarily for twenty twenty one, but for twenty twenty two, twenty and beyond has to come from this draft. Um, and it's got to be a good one. It can't be it can't be a Chris Durham type. It can't be no. Rashad Perriman. Right. You need if if you want to get your alpha dog, this is the year to get it because there's a lot of them. Um I I'm with you Chris. I I like Jalen Waddle a hell of a lot. I I saw the little stat today. He had a perfect passer rating when targeted from the slot. Throughout his entire freaking college career, yep. that spans Tua, that spans Jalen Hurts, that spans Mac Jones, who I don't think is very good at all. That's uh, there's there's some hate on that, you that's that. impressive to me. <laughs> Stay away from the comments on the on the <laughs> Mac Jones stuff, Riz. Uh, no, I, I think I think Waddle is a great great fit Waddle for this is... team this year, um, and and it it all of a sudden clarifies a whole lot about that wide receiver grouping we have it becomes your long-term look we're not signing long-term answers at wide receivers for a reason yeah, yeah for trips. Exactly. Thanks, for, thanks for calling man appreciate it bro uh and, and I, so i i'm a i'm a waddle guy for sure i like waddle um i i do like Devonte smith i like jamar chase i like kyle pitts yep, yep. i like rashad bateman I like a lot of guys in this draft uh, at wide receiver <laughs> in the top 40 picks. Yep. There's a lot of them to like. Yep. Uh, just, and, and the list I just gave is not a complete list either. I wish we had um, more picks. That That's the thing this year. Because well, that's a, what those first-round picks in the future are for. Yeah, that can help. It can definitely help. All right, uh, let's move on. We also had, we'd see, we got Chris Harris covered. Brockers is official. Um, carries the hammer of Thor. <laughs> I don't know what that means. What does that mean? I, I think I, just, so. I, I I'm not a comic book guy at all. I've never seen any of the was it Marvel and what's the other one DC. DC yeah. I, I I don't do those movies. I just uh, I, I like documentaries. I don't like I don't like fantasy fiction type things. That's that's not what I'm into. Yeah, so I don't you know what that means. <laughs> as as Joker from the DC world I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm unaware of that. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, that movie Joker is a great movie. It, and the reason is, I'm, I'm okay with the, the, the Men in Tights movies, whether they're medieval stuff or, or comic book stuff. I'm just not super excited by them. They're like good, they're good, fun action movies, right? Joker was an absolutely good movie that it doesn't kind of, for me, fit in the superhero realm of movies. It was, okay. I, I, and it doesn't fit. The thing I like about it, and this is what really bothers me about most movies, is they're predictable and formulaic and just, I, I get really angry when I know what's going to happen in a movie, right? Joker was completely different. It was really dark, and I'm not, I like a dark movie, you know, on occasion, but I'm not, like, drawn to them. But it was so different and so dark, and I watched it, I, I went, took my son to see it, and we both walked out just like, we were quiet all the way to the car, and we sat down and looked mm. at each other like, wow, like it was... <laughs> It was it was his great movie. Loved that movie, and I think you would like it, Riz. Even um, not liking the whole kind of superhero genre, you would love yeah, it's just Joker. Thing. Well, so, yeah, Oof, okay. I, I will I will take that under your advisement. I don't. I we never see movies, and right now I don't think we can see movies yep. yet. Still here, but I don't know. I, I the I last movie I saw in a theater, Max. we saw we saw the last Star Wars movie, the one where uh, uh, Mark Hamill like 
it was a hologram of himself. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen that already, you probably don't need to listen to the show. Uh, I, I was like, oh, my God, this is so long. And I just paid $15 for uh, 12 ounces of soda and a pack of Twizzlers. Um, no, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, the, the pandemic has done the one thing with like the Fandango and HBO Max releases for movies that I always wanted. I'm, I, I'm willing to pay 20 bucks for to be able to watch it at home and not go to the theater right uh i've got yeah. i've got a big screen i've got surround sound right I, i've got a great experience i, I, I want to be able to pause it and go pee and not miss my you know miss the what i paid for or, yeah. or you know all those yeah, kinds exactly of um I, and and they it kind of forced it upon them sorry to the movie theater business but i'm sorry to the buggy whip business too about the auto industry it, it, the world <laughs> changes right and it goes on <laughs> so so there you go sorry i don't want to go too deep that's on all that. right you don't see many hitching posts anymore no no go head on over the, 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 the guy road. who installs hitching posts probably found a new career <laughs> I'm gonna guess. I hope. Yep. For his sake, he did. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So let's move on. Back to I, 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 gotta, I gotta really hit talk about um, CBD. If you guys have oh. any kind of pain, anxiety, or insomnia, this is your cure. CBD at uh, CBD dot Detroit Lions Podcast dot com. Go there. Use coupon code Lions. Get fifty five percent off. And I, I, I want to clarify this for for people because there's two kind of strains, if you will, of of the CBD. There's regular CBD. Which it, it comes in a cream, which is absolutely awesome for sore muscles. I'll tell you, it's. I mean, that's all I got left in this one. <laughs> I use, Ooh, use the heck out of it. It is great. It looks like for yogurt. Sore muscles. It does. It's a little mentholy, but it's 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 fabulous. Menthol. <laughs> I slept oh. on my my shoulder funny Sunday, or or Saturday, and woke up with like a pinched nerve down my arm. It killed, and I started and, and sore muscle. And I just rubbed it on, and I was great. I was great within like 15 minutes. I felt awesome again. I still had the little tingles, but other than that, the, the pain part was gone. So that was good. But um, yeah, that, so that's the regular CBD. It comes in a cream. They have gummies. They have um, oil. The whole thing. It will take care of anxiety, sleeplessness, and pain. I'm telling you for sure. Um, now there's the other stuff that does all that, but there's a little more to it. <laughs> it's the Delta Eight line, the Chill, and they have like the Chill Superior line, which is even even bigger. Legal in all 50 states. It will trip a drug test, though. The other stuff won't. The Delta 8 and Chill line and the Super Chill, those will trip a drug test, just so you know, fair warning. But if you want to get yourself a nice sit down on the couch and kind of melt melt into it and just chill, that's it's aptly named. It's perfect stuff. Um, that stuff will really give you a, a nice ride for a good couple, two, three, four hours. Uh, if you take two, you're going to go longer. Just be careful. Um, I've heard a lot of people say they took one and... And, or, and then took another one shortly after in which they only taken one. So take one. Go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com, and get yourself taken care of. Um, great stuff. And uh, key code or coupon code LIONS gets you 55% off. All right, there we go. Let's see. We talked about Williams, Brockers. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, Jamal Williams' uh, press conference, talking about how he was so excited about Dan Campbell and how high on him. Right. He was absolutely yeah. Dan Campbell was the man. And one of the reasons he said his own hype man. Right. We talked about that. Um, Brockers also said he's really excited about Dan Campbell and and he thinks he's a great coach and going to be awesome. The, he, look, we heard from like Patriots guys that we were signing that they came here because of Matt Patricia. Right. It was right. only them. Everybody else was like, I everybody else was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I want to get, I, I'll never forget. We interviewed, um, uh, the first week of training, like the the first after the first week of training camp, the first year that Patricia was there, 
They gave us a media session, and Quandre Diggs and Glover Quinn were two of the players that they let us talk to. And we we asked them um, very bluntly, you know, what, what do you think so far? Do you think all the the, the, the talk about Patricia, you know, um, being being this you know hard guy and everything was 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 overblown? And, and they were they were professional about it, but you could tell like. Kinda. I'm not sure I like this all that much. Um, and uh, it's it's not coincidental that both of them were gone very quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, 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 say- I think I think I think I think the fact that Dan Campbell is so unique and. Yeah. You know, uh, almost every player has brought up the fact that they want to go bite some kneecaps. Uh, that's look, it's weird. It doesn't play for everybody. I don't know if it's going to work. Um, there are times when I'm just like, well, like when he said the wielding the hammer of Thor the other day, and I, I sent it out on Twitter. I'm like, do I really want to hit this? Cause I know the comments, <laughs> I know what's going to happen. And it was true. Lions fans were like, yeah, that's awesome. That's my guy. That's MCDC. And like fans from all around the rest of the league were like, y'all are never going to win a game. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and I get that. I, I do. I, I understand that the gimmicky coaching tends to not work much longer than a year, but God, it, it's, it's just something had to be done, Chris, to change. Yeah, and absolutely. you talked about it earlier in this show. These lines are going to be fun to watch. They're going to be an appealing football team. Guys who want to have fun while they're playing and maybe win, they're going to be, they're going to be lining up to play for Dan Campbell, yep. where, as they would run the hell the other direction if Matt Patricia was still here. <laughs> Uh, and and you, you guys know the coaches around the league that are like that. The, the, the players want to play for, they want to be around. Anthony Lynn was one of those guys when he was coaching the Chargers. He, he's a very different style of coach, but he's a guy who connects on a very personal level with players. Uh, and I think that, that, that having him here, uh, that, that reinforces it. You know, yep. They're not all these you know, kneecap-biting psychopaths, the, the Dan Campbell, the, the role that he likes to play. And I do think that, that Campbell, honestly, I think his X's and O's prowess and his his ability to teach, I, th- I think, is lost or overshadowed by everything else. Sure. And I think we, we do need to see that. We need to make sure that, that it's not just fluff and hype. But the people in Miami talked about it and, and talked about him pretty pretty glowingly in that aspect. You know, like, hey, this guy isn't a this, this isn't a meathead here. Um, he might he might play that on TV, but he's there's there's more there that meets the eye. We we need that to come quickly. Um, otherwise, because uh, uh, what he's doing, if it doesn't work, it's going to fail spectacularly, and it's not going to last long at all. Uh, yeah. Let's pray that that's not the case. But he's he's got some skepticism, but I, I like the fact that he had he will attract a certain kind of player. And a guy like Jamal Williams is the kind of player that I want on my football team because there's a guy who likes playing football and likes having fun while he plays football, and that's not a problem for the Lions. And I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, and some people may not like it, right? But this is this is this is I think just one of the keys, and this is one of the things that makes makes up a, a winning team. Okay, um, people that like to play football tend to play good football, better football, okay? People that don't like to play football tend not to be as good. It seems like a pretty simple statement, but if you think about people who like the game, also do the part where you play for each other, 
right? And when you play for each other, when you play for something bigger than you, that's when you really put it on the field, and that's how you build a winning team. I'm going to go in and say there's a reason, and that's right along the lines of why Kenny Galladay is a New York Giant today. Based on what I heard, what people inside leadership in the building thought happened last year and what we saw last year, Kenny's a me player and good player catches balls well I don't think he would have been a detriment on this team I think he would have, we would have been we're worse at wide receiver without him no question about it even if we pick up Waddle we're Absolutely. worse at wide receiver without him but when you look at what the makeup of this team is and that culture of the team with these like I said playing for coaches the um, ownership being involved and creating a culture of inclusiveness amongst and, and, and being there for each other creates a much better football team and that's why some of those choices have to be made um I, i'll also go back to you know we're talking about patricia here um everybody was high on patricia when this started everybody was high. he was the consensus coach that year other than mike vrabel right and then i, I gotta give you props on that riz but and, and bob quinn too was everyone was the nfl bob quinn was the, the board was yes he's superman he's the guy and it it, it looked like as things went on they were like just one step behind. The problem is, in, as time goes on, and you can start evaluating performance. You start saying, you start finding out that they they put themselves one step behind continually. They continued to downgrade positions across the board and not get better and not put the right. And then the coaching was just absolutely horrific and not what we thought. And it got to yeah. the point where now we just have to sit here with these guys in charge until it's over. But everybody consensus consensus opinion was high on these guys when they came in and it took them actually getting to do the job to find out that they were no good and and then check out on them that's it but you you got to give them the opportunity to do their job and do it well it's just like the the folks we have now you know i'm not saying brad holmes is going to be a superstar gm he looks really good so far i think for what we what he started with in free agency this year uh as far as the roster and salary cap he's done a great job i think holmes has done a great job so far campbell i think the the staff he's hired is an exceptional staff i see what he's doing i like what he's doing i agree with his approach will it work Yet to be seen. We don't know. I love what I'm seeing, but if it doesn't work, I reserve the right to be out on him at the end and 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 in critical. Just like you know, you're in your job and you think you can do it, and you don't do a good job. Somebody's gonna be critical about you, even though they're the one that hired you in the first the first place. So you know, with data, opinions change. That's that's the natural state of of how things work. So it's it's not flip flopping. It's it's basing your decision making and your um, opinions on on what you see. So I just I just had to put that out there because. Um, I, I saw some people talking about it, and it's like everybody said that Bob Quinn was the higher of the century. <laughs> it's true that that was that was universally lauded. You mm-hmm. go back, you go back to the that time. Go find articles. I, I don't think I wrote any at that time. I think I was. Oh yeah, I was writing for a, a website that no longer exists back then. So uh, <laughs> yeah, um, my work will not be available on it. But like everybody was was talking about it about how. You know, the Lions were so blessed and that that word did get used blessed to land Bob Quinn. Um, This this was the guy who was going to, you know, change everything, change over, you know, get rid of 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 the Martin Mayhew legacy that that he was still affiliated with with Matt Millen and and it carried back to all the dreariness before him um, that just didn't work. And I think that was unfair to Martin. But I also think that that we were so desperate for the change specifically in, in Detroit was that, Oh my God, this, this, this guy's coming from an organization that knows how to win. Therefore he will win. 
And we didn't necessarily put together that it, he might not have had a lot to do with why they were good. Yeah. Uh, he, he certainly had, he, he did good. He did good work in new England. And to be fair to him, he did some good work in Detroit too. Mm-hmm. I, I think some of his moves, especially uh, early on, he, he, he was, was a good pickup right there. I mean, I mean, and he, he made some, some smart decisions along the way. They just, the worst decision he made was unfortunately the most important one, and that was hitching his wagon to, to Matt Patricia and unwieldingly following that wagon down the road to despair and gloom. Yep, yep. There you go. All right, so there we are. We, uh, we talked about um, Brockers. Oh, let's talk about um, Brockers. He also talked about Stafford when he was still with the Rams before he came here being a level up over Goff. Boy, y- y- you talk about. You know, putting your foot in your mouth, tasting some some shoe leather. Right. That one had to hurt. And he did clarify. Let me really get his words here because I want to make sure I get it. Yeah, you, you, it needs to be straight from the horse's mouth here. Yeah. <laughs> so he says it was more of a fan booster. It wasn't anything against Jared. I had to text Jared as a man-to-man and say I didn't mean what I said. You took me to the Super Bowl. It wasn't like that. So, you know, again, these guys are right. in, in, in a – they're marketeers. Uh, uh, part of what they do is market, right? Their brand and their their, their team because that's their brand. And for further context on that, Brockers was the team captain of the Rams. He was their he was the heart and soul, the emotional leader of their defense. Was he the best player on their defense? No, he was not. But he was the he was the glue guy. Mm-hmm. He was the guy like like when they're having a, a, a meeting on the sideline during a game and, and somebody's going to stand up and say, "This is what we need to do." That's Michael Brockers. That's that's the kind of guy he is. Um, so for him to do that, you know, I. I Look, and parenthetically, he's not wrong. <laughs> what he said. Right, 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 right. No, uh, we, we talked about that already. I, I don't think there's anybody, again, who would, would say that Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford in the NFL. Now, maybe his, his time in Los Angeles was more successful um, in terms of playoff victories and whatever than Stafford's was in Detroit. That's that's inarguable, but I you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Move on with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Let me, but, but the other thing was, was the Brockers said, not only did he text Scott, but he also talked to him like personally yeah. um, and addressed it with him. Uh, and, and Goff came out and talked about it too. And he's like, I, I, I get it. Um, I, I, I understand. I'm not, I'm not going to be a, a jerk about this. You know, I, yeah. I, I understand what he was saying. I understand his, his frame of reference for what he was doing. I know him. I know that he didn't mean that as a shot at me. He meant it as I'm really excited to have Matthew Stafford here because this is, I mean, look, if you're a Rams fan or if you're a Ram, you failed in the last couple of playoffs somewhat because Goff wasn't good enough, but, but just the fact that he's Goff isn't that guy. He's not Stafford in terms of, like the guy who's got the fourth quarter rally around him, the guy who's going to you know make the the super impossible throws that show up on on Sports Center. When was the last time you saw a Jared Goff highlight throw? You know, the subreddit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good call. You know, there, there's just a different kind of energy. I think that organization was ready for a change, and they made a radical one. And if you're a part of that, you got to be excited because this is a team. Hey. Matthew Stafford is the best quarterback on the market. Whether I'm in the market for a rookie or a veteran, he was the best one out there. You can't tell me that you think Carson Wentz is better than Matthew Stafford. I will laugh in your face. I will spit in your face. Oh, my. That, that, that's just, it's, it, no, he's not. He's really not. <laughs> let, let me let me just really quick go to JJ in the, uh, in the chat. 
Uh, Holmes was putting his job on the line with Jer- Jared Goff. So much intrigue with the Lions. Campbell Holmes and Goff could be celebrating a couple years from now. NRC North Championship and some playoff wins. I don't think he is in, in putting his, his job on the line with Goff. And I'll tell you why. Sheila and um, Rod, when they hired Brad Holmes, they knew that Matthew Stafford had already said he needs to leave. He wants to leave and he right. wants to go. Um, I think what Brad Holmes did was absolutely the best possible deal that you could have expected um, in, in in a trade for, for Matthew Stafford. There's no better landing spot for anybody. The thing, can you imagine, and this is the one that I was like, at that point, I was like, okay, Stafford, you went out. I, I don't care where you go, right? I'm sorry. I love you. You're an awesome quarterback. I want you to succeed. Right. But I'm Just a Lions don't go to fan Chicago. first, right? <laughs> yeah. I was a Lions fan before Barry Sands, Sanders played for the team. I'm a Lions fan after Barry Sanders plays for the team. That's just the end of the story, right? Um and I was like, Deshaun Watson. I want Deshaun Watson. He's the guy. Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But <laughs> I don't think yeah. there's a better way to, to have done this. And I think that Holmes engineered such a great deal for the team. Actually, whether Goff works or not is probably the – it's not going to be a deal breaker for him and, and his role. I think that uh, – I believe that Stafford's going to win. I just um, – I, I think so. that um, – this year, sorry, my this my, year, oh, my I, w- I want it to happen this year. Yeah, because yeah. The, the Lions are not going to win this. It won't year. be the end of him either way. So, all right, let's no, see. no, it won't. But, yeah. uh, let's see, let's see. We got okay. We move on really quick on golf. We want. I want to talk about the Dan Campbell presser again about that. Um, the word grit continued to come up, and this is what kills me about golf. He's just a little fella. He just looks so like when he was standing up there with his little polo. He he looked like a kid who was like nine years old for school pictures. I mean, I swear to God, he just looked like <laughs> it was with the ironed collar on the on the polo shirt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 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 a great he's a great guy, funny guy. He doesn't look. He big. was. I look at his like when I'm looking at his arms and stuff. Right, I'm like, God, this guy's skinny, right? Yeah, he's he, that was that was one of the knocks on him coming out of California was that he doesn't didn't have the quote unquote NFL build. Yeah, holy <laughs> cow! I didn't right realize how small he is, uh, and I can't wait to taste of the lines because the picture of me next he, to him he is he is, my... <laughs> he is two inches taller than Stafford. Yeah, <laughs> Oof, man, oh man, that's crazy. So the thing that came it looks up too much like Ryan Gosling from the Notebook. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that came up and continued to come up about him was his grit, right? And and the, yeah. the obvious one is he came came back play in a, in a situation where he and McVeigh were not being were not happy with each other. They were not simpatico. Yeah. He came back with an injured thumb and played in the playoffs and won a playoff game. Um Yeah. I just he gotta did. say, you know something? That, that's right. And that's the obvious one, but he's shown up a lot. He's got mental toughness. He's been underestimated. Continuously, he, he played behind some crap offensive line, specifically at Cal. Yep, uh, he he went to a Cal team that was awful. That was an awful program and, when he got there. And the other piece that that and this he is the, you, you're alluding to it here. He started with a team that was trash more than once and got yes. taken them to success. This is a story that he knows. And he'll, he's going to know if this is working. He can look around and say if this is going to work or not because he's been there. He's been down this road a couple times. I'm really excited about this concept of a guy who's done this and gotten a team to the Super Bowl coming in to a place that hasn't seen it since a lot of the folks watching or taking part in the show have been alive. They haven't seen it as a playoff win. Um, he had to take, a, take us to the point where we're going to see that. I, I really believe that th- this is this is a this is more than a possibility. I just I think this is an inevitability for this this team, an eventuality here, and and we're going to see it with Goff. Um, you okay there? 
<laughs> I, I don't mean to, to totally break your head. <laughs> but I just think that Goff is going to be able to help carry this team and uh, get us to where we need to be. He he really definitely showed um, uh, the capability to carry a bad team to a good place. Did we lose you, Riz? Oh, we did. All right, Riz will be back. He'll get back in here shortly. Um, okay, we'll move on. Um, so, oh, there he is. Here you go, Riz. Rizzy Riz. There he comes. All right. Hi, Riz. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Sorry, my Wi-Fi kicked out. My my son walked through. He just had uh, just got home from track practice, and his uh, the stink from his feet apparently uh, knocked our Wi-Fi out. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. He probably fired the microwave up. Um, now he's looking at me all on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we got it. We got golf. We got a team that is building. We got a front office and coaching staff and ownership that seems involved and doing well. I think we've got all the pieces we need to really see something. The one thing I can tell you is, and I'm TM Ash on this one, you'll know if your rebuild is working by the end of the second year. So Absolutely. Don't, ex- don't expect a Super Bowl this year or maybe even a playoff win this year. You want to see competence. You want to see, you want to see progress from point A to point B. You want to see a team that is that gets better from week one to their bye week. And then after their bye week from then on, you want to see them adapt to what they can, where, where they, I want to see, I want to see this team instead of losing 37 to 20, I want to see them losing 21 to 20 or, or, you know, 24 to 18, something like that. I want to see close losses. I want to see competitive. I want to see fight. I want to see fun. I want to see guys invested in one another and having one another's back and celebrating uh, when they do something good. There wasn't, there wasn't enough of that, Chris. And, and that's where the NFL is at these days. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to have the, the joy of life that it's gotta be fun. You know, I'll, I'll go back to, I'll, I'll go to the Cleveland Cavaliers for a second. The, the, the other team of my heart, they had a good coach in David Blatt who thought he was a really good coach. Did very good things in Israel. Did great things in the European League. Was wonderful. He didn't mesh with today's NBA player. So they fired him in the middle of the season. Promoted Ty Lu, a former player, a guy who got it. Wasn't a great player, but maximized everything that he had. But he understood the mentality of how to reach professional players that were in America and on the team today. And they won a title because of it. Not saying that Dan Campbell's going to be able to do that. But I do think that the ability to connect and relate to the players and for the players to appreciate that about their coach and respect that about their coach. You're seeing that with the the press conferences that are being talked about with Dan Campbell. Every player is bringing that up, whether they're asked about it or not. And I think that is, that's such a stark change from where we've been. And, and I hate to, I really do hate to keep throwing crap at on, on Matt Patricia's grave, but Damn if he didn't deserve it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. All right, uh, really quick, we'll finish the golf talk, but there's one more thing. Always when you're talking about golf, you want to know about golf plumbing. Just here to lay some pipe. <laughs> if you remember the text where he said he'd pipe Sean's girlfriend. Um, kind of a throwback to that. That was great stuff. Uh, got that, some MCDC shirts, a lot of great stuff at the the merch store. Go ahead and check those out. Go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. Uh, phone cases, T-shirts, the whole ba- ball of beans. Go ahead and check it out. Uh, DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. Great stuff there. All right. I'm um, going to move on. 
this we we alluded to it earlier. Deshaun Watson, NFL news. Holy oh, cow, man! I, I, there's something that just came in. Um, it, it came from the most intelligent chat on the internet, our Patreon Slack chat. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, I gotta tell you, this one, this one is ugly. All right, now I gotta pull it up. So I'm, I'm not on the Slack right at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I'm gonna, it up. It's a link to our NFL, the NFL subreddit, and it's going to be. Um, Sorry, I had to do that. It's a excerpt from the eleventh lawsuit. It's four of them that were filed this morning, um, and I'm I'm not going to read so it. So there's there's long. twelve now, right? Yes, yes. There's twelve lawsuits. Uh, this is the eleventh. Okay. Uh, there's up to twenty two that we've heard because there's more accusers. Now the situation here's here's okay. I'm in a, an industry, my day job, where compliance is extremely important. And when you talk about compliance, you mean you know with government regulation. Okay. In the financial industry, for example, you don't only want to follow the law, you also want to show that you act in a way that doesn't imply that you would break the law. Okay. Uh, it's the same with all types of compliance, right? And, and so the fact that you didn't break the law, the fact you acted in a way where you were or could or might break the law is actually a breach. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a problem and it's something that they, that will ask to be solved. Okay. Even though you didn't breach the compliance. So the reason I bring this up is because the lawyer in this, in the suit is attached to the owner of the Houston Texans, right? They are, yes. They are very closely attached. This yes. gives an impression that this is maybe the Texans retaliating against Deshaun Watson. And it actually, in a way, gives people ammunition to undermine these lawsuits. Now, I'm going to get to the some of the pieces of this one. When I read what's in this, in this the, the excerpt from the lawsuit... This certainly doesn't look made up, right? This does not look like a false accusation at all. Again, this is all alleged. We don't want to say that anybody's guilty of anything. We don't know, and, and we don't want to you know, rush to judgment on either side. But the, this, the, the words in this, um, in this it's filing. Ugly. Yeah. God, oh, Chris, it's damning, ugly. It's damning. just, it's, it's, ugh. And so yeah. it, I'm just going to say it comes down to, um, how can I say this? Um, okay, yeah, here we go. Get out of your stupid bottles. I read it. Okay. Um, <laughs> forced oral and masturbation, we'll say, are, are, are basically summed up in it. And his behavior is just abhorrent. It's just it's just incredible. Right. I, I can't imagine anyone acting this way in a massage parlor. And they, they may say, oh, well, I mean, she uh, massaged uh, him a second time. She didn't know and she was massaging him a second time until he walked into the room. So she was caught completely off guard. So if somebody tries to use that as a reason, that's not, the facts are right here about what's in the uh, in the in the uh, filing. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. This is damn. I, I if 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 this is true. And hopefully they come to the truth in whatever these lawsuits are. I don't think this guy should play in the NFL. I, I really, you know, don't. it's it's it's, it's very tough for me because I, I love Deshaun. Yep. I, I love watching him play. I've I have interviewed him before. Um, I've stood in front of him in a podium when I covered the Texans. He's a phenomenal talent, and this is wildly out of character for the person that we all know. Um, and I'm, I'm saying this representing people who cover the Texans. They are all shocked by this too. This is not the guy that they know. That that that, that doesn't mean he didn't do it. It doesn't mean he did. Right. 
But right. that's I think that's one of the reasons why this is so stunning is because it is just it seems wildly out of character for the, the Deshaun that we all know and that his teammates know. You know, they, they they've been remarkably quiet about it. So I, I you know, I, I don't I don't want to speculate in any one direction or another no. on it. It's just it's Tell a very a unfortunate thing to be going through. And I, I, like you said, they need to find the truth. And I hope that the truth is what the truth prevailing becomes. I hope that the that truth doesn't is always what happen. We see in this filing. If, I, yeah. If this stuff's true, he, he's got to get the hell out. Yeah. Uh, and needs to go away for a while. Yeah. A long while. And it, it, this help. is, this is not, not cool stuff. No. Not at all. No, 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 this no. is, this is bad. If this is, if this is the reality of what was filed here. This is abhorrent, absolutely right. abhorrent behavior. So right. Deshaun Watson in a lot of trouble. You've got, again, the filing, which is one person's side of the story, oh, right? And, and, and boy, is it, it's wow. Right. And so then, so Tony Busby, side, who's the attorney, yeah, yeah. I, I will say this. He, he is, he is not somebody that, how, how do you, how do you say it? Because he, he does incredible business for himself. He's done it very well for himself. Um, he, he has enough to buy a tank that sits in his driveway or his front yard. Um, that, that tank, by the way, happens to be pointed at Cal McNair's house. Cal McNair is the owner of the Texans. I want a um, tank. I want a tank so bad. There's just there's a lot of it's, it's one of those where you wish that the messenger was a different guy. Like like if um, I, I, I don't know the I don't know the Michigan I don't really I don't really follow the attorney thing the other one. but you you would want this to be like like a guy who's not like I don't, I don't know there's just so many greasy things Can greasy you- is the word that I'm going to use a lot with the Houston Texans as greasy at the top as greasy Jack Easterby is that way and Busby is that way he's he's not somebody that a normal person would want to have be representing them. Can I, can um, I he, just kind of yeah. go with how this could get worse? Yeah. That, you know, there's the accusation, ah, they're too close. It's ownership is just trying to de- defame him right through this. What if all this is true and they knew yeah. about it and were covering it up? And once they realized that this was unsalvageable, it's a situation of if we can't have them, nobody's going to have them. We're letting it get out. Could be that could uh, be. you, you got to consider that. Holy you, you moly, right? <laughs> if this stuff is true, and again, it's so wildly out of character, I really don't want it to be true um, because I do like Deshaun. But man, if it's true, he's he's got to go, and it, it no no way about it. There's no and the fact that it's so many people um, and so many different incidents. Uh, you you got to at least explore the fact that it could be true. Yeah. And I, I really hope it's not because, uh, I, again, he's he's one of my favorite players. I, I've enjoyed watching him. I've enjoyed uh, being in front of – standing in front of him and, and listening to him talk. He's done wonderful things for a lot of people mm-hmm. in the Houston community, the Texans. When when Hurricane Katrina – not not, not Katrina. Um, Maria? No, Harvey. No, Harvey. 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 When it hit, he paid – the salaries for all the people, um, the, the work in the team cafeteria, the team trainers and stuff like that. He treated them. He like if they couldn't afford like their house payment or something because, you know, the, or, or he paid for house repairs. He, he he treated all these people so well with such dignity and respect. That's why it's so hard to believe that this happened. But that, again, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah, I, so I just hope we find out that it either did or it didn't. And I hope that it's not something that lingers on like 
like with Ben Roethlisberger. Um, yep. There's still a lot of ambiguity. Did it happen? Did it not happen? Um, just people who are Steelers fans tend to think it didn't happen. People who are not Steelers fans tend to think if this it is, did. If this is something <laughs> that the team has been covering up and that this is a retribution right now, I it, it's, it's going to come out fathom. with very solid proof. Well, you, you said how greasy it is and how slimy it is. It is. It is. I can't fathom Kel McNair being that cunning. Now, Jack Easterby, yes. Cal McNair, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, so it's, Anand, it's, in the it's chat, awful, man. Anand in the chat says psychopaths are very good at maintaining multiple images, one in private and, and, and a different I, one in public. I, so that's, I, that's I absolutely can't, true that they are. I can't so. can't argue with that. It's, I just I, I really want I want it to not be true. But so so from a let's go to, let's go to a football pragmatic point. It means that nobody's trading for Deshaun Watson. Can you imagine if and we it, had? Can you imagine if we had? We, that, Can you imagine the if worst. the Dolphins had traded for him as they tried very hard to do? Let's make it. Cl- <laughs> let's make it close to home, though. Tie it to the line. We were everybody. We were all high. We want Watson. We want Watson. Okay, Stafford's going to go. Okay, now we screwed Stafford by sending him to Houston to the to that right. joke of a show, and then we get Watson and it blows up like this. That I think would cost Holmes his job. I think absolutely that would put his right. job on the line. How good! Uh, some of us might have suggested that you send Goff and three of the first round picks to Houston for Deshaun Watson not too long ago. Some, yeah. some, some, somebody might have yeah. said that. Yeah, Whew. maybe the light of the next day really, <laughs> really, Ooh. really shows the roaches. All right, we'll move on uh, from that. That's just an uncomfortable story. More as that breaks. Oh God! Um, yeah. I want to talk the last real thing about uh, free agency and something. I think this is kind of the thing they call it evergreen content. This is something I think that is going to be really good for a long time. Ash Thompson, our guy Ash in. Uh, does, He's does great. Some, yeah, does some writing for us. Um, may do some writing for some other people in the future that you know. Um, he he's done uh, some great vlogs. Two of them are out. We'll have two more releasing this week. I think there's three more to go um, about NFL contracts. And this is like the most clear yet succinct articulation of what's going on and how these contracts work. If you don't, and it's there's a lot of people who write about football for a living who don't know these things and need to watch these videos. I'm telling you right now, this will clarify for you. So far, he's done an overview. I learned, I learned a couple things from it. I mean, I've been doing this for a hell of a long time. There you go. <laughs> um, he's done an overview of NFL contracts, and he's done voidable years. It, now, like voidable years, we talked about it for a while. He does it in four and a half minutes, and you'll, you'll get it. Yep. Top to bottom, you'll understand it. He's got uh, a dead cap, one coming this week. He's got... Um, Rookie contracts, and now I got to look at what the other one is here, really quick. Um, Voidable years, by the way, are everywhere now. They are the big thing. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns gave one to Troy Hill on a two-year, nine million dollar deal. They gave him two voidable years, so they don't have to. He's basically free this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how incentives work? That's the other one. How incentives work? So each piece of these contracts covered quickly, concisely, with some graphic support. I mean, it's it's pretty good stuff. He's done a good job on those. Um, I really, it's on our channel on Detroit Lions podcast on YouTube. I, I really recommend you guys check those out. You will be absolute great. experts. Uh, maybe not the strategy, but you'll understand how it all works and what people are talking about when they talk about these things. And you'll be able to catch a lot of people who don't know what they're talking about when they're writing or talking about these things as well. The voidable years thing, I'll tell you, <laughs> it's going to be huge this year. And the reason is, is it hits, it, it, it comes valuable when you don't have cap money to spend and you need to push it out over time. Voidable years gives you the option to do that um, but without actually signing them to a super long contract. Um, now you're still mortgaging cap space in the future, but the cap goes up in the future. 
right? So from a strategic Cap's going to go way, yep. way, yep. way up. So you got a lot of teams this year because of COVID and the way things went with that that are, that are having a cap squeeze, right? So the voidable years gives them an opportunity to get the player paid and they can amortize that over over against the cap over time and, and it'd be good to go. Typically how that would work and where you will see voidable years is when a team is like the, the the Bucks are a great example, right? They 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 want Tom Brady just for this last push. They know a rebuild's coming, right? If you see a whole bunch of voidable years contracts popping up, you know you have a team that's against the cap that's making their push before a rebuild in any year but this year. This year's a little special because of what happened with the cap because of COVID. But right. you'll see all that. You'll get it four and a half minutes with, with Ash. It's, it's, it's a great series, and this is great content. If ever you're confused or need to know about uh, NFL contracts, check it out. It's a Detroit Lions podcast uh, YouTube channel. All right. From that, I want to pivot towards the draft to our last topic, if you don't mind, Riz, because oh, yeah. I know you it's just draft. Went- <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I know oh, you just oh. went to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com to get your new Lions jersey, and you had him hand print the name of Pitts on the back. <laughs> Kyle Pitts, your guy. He's your guy, right? And I, and I don't know. I'm just, I'm just making fun of you. I just get that he is. Tell me, convince the- me why I want. Kyle Pitts on the Detroit Lions at seven this year. Chris, do you like DK Metcalf? Do you think DK Metcalf's a good football player? He's okay. You like Mike Evans? Do you think he's a good football player? Good NFL wide receiver? He's turned out all right. Right. I mean, I saw Kyle him Pitts, one big game. Kyle Pitts is bigger, faster, and has better hands than both of them. He ran a four-four-three today in Florida. That's that's an insane. Now Metcalf does clock faster, but but Pitts also has about fifteen to twenty pounds on him. So if you do the whole uh, go to go to uh, free plug for Kent Platt here in his RAS because yeah. it's weight weight and size. Uh, uh, ah, I can't think of the word influence Balanced. scaled scaled. Yeah, yeah, weighted weighted. Yes, yes. Thank you. Weighted for for your your dimensions. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it, if you're if you weigh 180 pounds, you better be faster than a guy who weighs 310. Um, but it's relative <laughs> to that. Um, he is a phenomenal outside wide receiver prospect. The fact that he played tight end in college is going to be a massive bugaboo for a lot of people, and it's not just Lions fans. Broncos Broncos nations having the exact same argument because they've had some some. T- fairly highly drafted tight ends that haven't worked out for them either. He is not a tight end in the NFL. He is DK Metcalf. He is Mike Evans. That's the kind of guy that you need to compare him to, um, to, to go to a new lion. He's not physically dissimilar though. He's bigger than Brashad Perriman. When Perriman was made a first round pick by the Baltimore Ravens, when he was, I think it was six, four, 216 pounds and ran a four, three, two forty. You're not talking about him playing tight end. You're not talking about DK Metcalf playing tight end, even though he's a monster. He looks like he's inflated by a pump every time he takes his shirt off. <laughs> inflated. Don't do that to Kyle Pitts. <laughs> don't don't limit your imagination to the fact that he played tight end, therefore he's a tight end, and he's he's Josh Hill or he's Dan Campbell. Like this is not Brandon Pettigrew. This is this this is a much superior athlete to TJ Hawkinson. This is a much superior athlete to Mike Evans, who's a Pro Bowl outside wide receiver. That he's 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 AJ Green, but really freaking fast. He's Julio Jones. Those are the guys that you need to be comparing Kyle Pitts to. 
and that's where he's going to play in the NFL. Now, can he can he play in your slot? As a, as that's a, my question. Can he play in the slot for us? <laughs> yes, he can. He can he can line up as an inline tight end as a inline tight end number two. When you're going to a, a a package, you can move him around. He will dictate matchups. Can you cover him with a linebacker? Hell to the no, you cannot. Can you cover him with a safety? Probably not. You need to get a big ass corner in there that can turn and run, or you're going to play a vanilla zone where you're passing him off from one zone to another. So he's not going to destroy you. Put that next to Hawkinson, who showed a heck of a lot last year. Um, There there are things that he needs to work on, but man, the two of them together with him as a receiver. Oh my God. So let me, let me, let me just put a paint a picture here for you. Okay. Just let's get to imagination land. You think about our line. Good line. I think mm-hmm. we're, I think we're, we're, we're strong there. We got, it is the best part of the team right now, the yep. offensive line. Yep. We got Jared Goff. Okay. I, I think we're, we're completely acceptable. I think we got a good a, a, a top third quarterback there. I think we're, you know. We're Let's good. hope so. Yep. Let's hope so. You got DeAndre Swift, who can catch and run. You have Jamal Williams, who Jamal can, Williams, catch, who and can run. catch and run. Yep. <laughs> you have Hawkinson, who can catch and block. You have Hill. Who can block and yes. maybe catch? Red zone. Oh, you yeah, wind you up can. with Pitts, right? You got Williams, who's who's look. He's I, I understand that he's uh you know a, th- a wide receiver three to four, but he's got speed. He can blow the top off, right? Right. That's you, what Perriman's good at too. You and, and Perriman, who I'm not going to say is like a superstar, but all of a sudden you have an offense that deep, middle, shallow. And in the backfield is a threat on every single play. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good place to put yourself. That, that's that will. If you put Kyle Pitts on this team, imagine. Let's okay. But the Packers have a very good cornerback in Jair Alexander. He's five ten and one hundred and eighty pounds. That is four to six inches and fifty to seventy pounds lighter than the guys he would be guarding for the Lions. <laughs> I, and, and additionally, and they're with, fast with the speed. <laughs> there's something that we're not used to that we're going to see, and that's separation, right? And that's what Jared Goff needs. He's it used does. to receivers with separation. I think that's where Kenny Galladay. If you want to see wide Pitts, receiver, Pitts, would have been tough for Jared Goff to throw to. Oh my God, Pitts made a move in the red zone against Georgia, where he just spun a guy like a top, and the guy like like. It looked like me going downstairs when I'm drunk. It was awful. Uh, he has that kind of wicked footwork. If you are limiting your imagination again to him as just being a tight end, um, even like a Gronk type tight end who's a phenomenal tight end, Tony Gonzalez, he's different than that. You need to view him as an outside wide receiver who happened to play tight end in college because that's where he's going to be at his best in the NFL. Now he can go inside. Um, and, and in that aspect, he reminds me some of Josh Gordon when Josh Gordon was as clean as he could be and had his phenomenal year in Cleveland where he lined up. At that point, he was, he was weighing about 230, 225 to 230. He could still run the 4-3-5, uh, but he played out of the slot a lot that year, but he also intermixed and moving outside would flex out mm-hmm. um, and, and motion out. Those are the type of things that you can do with Kyle Pitts that you cannot do with other receivers and defenses will not be able to, if, if you're a defensive coordinator, would you rather guard him or would you rather guard 
170 pound. Who he said this? He said today he played at 170. Jer- uh, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith's a fantastic route runner. He's a great player. I would I would be perfectly happy to get him at seven. It's a lot easier to defend a guy like that than it is to defend a guy like Kyle Pitts. Awesome, awesome. All right. So is he? Where would you put him on your? Stack of choices at seven. If if all the guys were there that you expect to be there, possible at seven, I know you don't think he's going to make it. Uh, no, I don't. I, I I really don't think he's going to make it past five. Do you, um, do you take him above Waddle if you can? Ooh, that's tough because Waddle Waddle's really really good at what he does. He's got the, see he ha, he offers the speed element that directly impacts the defense in a way that that Pitt's size does mm-hmm. the size speed package waddle has that that lightning pure speed that that changes the defense the way the defense has to play the way that will fuller did for the texans and, and also uh waddle happens to catch the ball a lot better than will fuller does <laughs> so uh he, he's god he's really exciting too i i'd be happy with either one of them i would probably take waddle first because I think he fits more into a not every offense is going to see have the vision needed to maximize pits. Uh, and I worry about that for him a little bit. I worry that if he goes to a place like um, like Tennessee, uh, well, they have a new defensive co- or offensive coordinator now, so maybe that's going to change. But um, I, uh, you know, a, a team like Kansas City, like Andy Reid, is going to get it. It's going he's going to see okay, oh. He's Tyreek Hill, but he's like a foot taller. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I wouldn't worry about that so much. But, you know, more like like Lovey Smith. It, it, I know Lovey does defense, but if, if a Lovey Smith coach team would not know what to do with him, <laughs> you know, and I, I worry that that, that, that will be a, a problem for him. But I there's so much to like about Kyle Pitts. He's he's really, really good. And, and again, I. I, I have my draft stuff coming up. He will be listed as a wide receiver slash tight end for me in that order. Yep. In every draft thing that I write, because uh, if, you, if you're pegging him as a tight end, you're doing a disservice to him and yourself as an evaluator. There you go. All right. We are going to go a lot deeper into the draft, starting with the next show. Um, uh, what we need from everyone listening right now, though, is make sure that you uh, go out on Twitter, reach out to the Lions, tell them we're going to be at Prime Proper downtown on thursday have him send dan campbell got uh yes oh my god <laughs> yes yes we have riz sandman uh colin two season ticket holders credentialed media and the podcast Here. guy me <laughs> <laughs> all hanging out I'll, I'll buy a steak i'll buy a steak we'll get him dinner um, we, we will certainly treat coach to whatever he wants he's welcome to come sit at our table even if he just wants to come by and, and slap the table and say hey guys um, I don't. I don't think he do. I think he'd actually probably. He'd probably love to to yeah. hang out with us. Quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think that's the kind of guys we are. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right. So come on by, coach. Let's get this done. Let's do it. Make sure you tweet at the Lions. Uh, Fanatics at Detroit Lions Podcast dot com. Amazon dot Detroit Lions Podcast dot com. And of course. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Thank you all. Don't have, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe on the way out. Uh, we're going to close the show out. Remember, don't forget about us on Patreon too. Patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Get access to the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. And it is absolutely that. It's on Slack. Once you join with a dollar a month or more, we will give you uh, access immediately. You know, as immediately as it's, we can get it. It's there. worth your time and or money. 
Absolutely. Great, great group of folks there. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, at DET Lions Podcast, and at Jeff Risden. Check it out. Make sure you get him in there as well. And follow us, you know, give us a call on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Leave a message. We'll get your message on the air. And go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can do. What do we like to do, Riz? We like to come into your ear holes automatically. That's right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, no baby. No Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.